0: Ready. Always ready. Welcome to episode one forty five. We're getting there. Almost close to one fifty? Yeah. Wow. Close to one fifty. And then comes two hundred. That's pretty wild. I think though it's wild
1: that you can count too. What's that? It's wild that you can count. Yes,
0: it is. Um I think though this is gonna be one of the last podcasts in person for a while.
1: It will be. Again, whenever I'm here, we'll record some, so we'll have some here in studio. Because I'll be back in the area a lot. Yeah, I mean I'm literally moving two days after recording this. so. Yeah.
0: So the audio quality might change a little bit. We're going to do our best. Yeah, we're going to gonna work
1: on getting it back to this. If it doesn't wind up being this at first, it'll be very close. Eventually, I have a microphone on the way that should help that. So yeah.
0: So let's get some project car updates, because we talked in the last episode with my dad about carbs. That was our whole topic, so we yep. kind of skipped over project car updates.
1: I think last we left off, we were welding the floor in the starion. we talked about.
0: Yeah, we did a real ugly weld for the back part, the largest part, which is behind the rear seat. Yeah. Kind of ran out of time on that project while you we were here. Yeah, because I'm literally moving in two days. Yeah, we should have started a little bit earlier, but that's fine.
1: Oh, whatever. We did what we could do.
0: I mean, honestly... I shouldn't say that because we got a lot done. The car has a whole nose on it.
1: Yeah. The car looks a hundred times better than it did.
0: Aside from having the spoiler put on, it's a complete car on the outside. Yeah, Pretty much.
1: There's still some rust work to fix, but...
0: But I think you decided the right way... Well, it's not the 100% restoration way to fix it. We don't have to talk about how we're fixing it. No, we can talk about the way to fix it because it's just... The car is just meant to be functional and drivable. Yep. It's not meant to be pretty. It's just meant to be used.
1: Well, it's going to be pretty enough. Okay. We're not gonna, well, sure. the, the, the repair. We're talking about the patch panels. So if you're doing like a actual restoration on a car, there's a couple of different schools of thought of how you do a patch panel. Okay. Um, but all of those schools and in thought include cutting out the entire affected area. Right. Beyond the affected area and replacing it with metal, whether you then butt weld it or lap weld it or whatever you wind up doing. Um, because of the nature of this car just being not worth a lot of money and not like an investment grade car and just a car we want to like, get on and enjoy we're going to more encapsulate some of the rust I think we'll neutralize the metal with some rust repair um, right. and then kind of put panels over rust which is not the right way to do things but it's the way it's going to get done in this case it's fine. It's fine for this car. For what we're doing it's fine.
0: You really like the roadkill aesthetic? And this car has a definite roadkill ish. I don't love to. the
1: roadkill aesthetic. I just like the fact that they take cars out of junkyards and make them run again.
0: Alright, well that's what we're doing. This car yeah. was sitting. I mean it ran, but it was just needed work to be If anybody else owned on. it, it would be in a junkyard. So. Exactly. So
1: there you go. We're making it work. A functional car is better every day of the week than a non functional car. Right. So Functional and pretty does not need to go hand in hand.
0: So, again, cars that were in long-term storage. My dad and I have been working on the 75 Cadillac.
1: Yep, the 20,000-mile 75. He got the
0: radiator back from the radiator shop. I got some new parts. I didn't look at the
1: radiator. Did they just slap black paint all over it?
0: No. Actually, they only painted three-quarters of it.
1: Okay. But, like, just ugly black paint, right?
0: No. They didn't, like just dip it in paint it wasn't like pouring off it was actually like really thin so like
1: luckily i had a can of eastwood radiator paint it's 500 hundred dollar radiator rebuild and they didn't do a good job painting it no but everything else looked fine because it's like totally record i know that they're not they're they're not restoring the radiator they're just making it functional exactly so it's kind of like what we're doing with Snarion. Yeah. But I've always had a problem with that particular shop in how they just slap paint on them when they're done. Well, there's because no I gave them a radiator to, like, check and clean and flow test and all that stuff, Yeah, and they painted it. Yeah, And it just bothered me because, like, it's a radiator from the 70s, right? and they just painted over all the factory decals, and, like, they just didn't care. And it kind of always bothered me.
0: Yeah, and the other thing, there is literally... They are the only radiator shop around here. That's the, yeah. There's no other to do this type of work. Yeah. I'm sure once you go out west, where there's a lot of cooling issues with cars, there's a lot more radiator shops. Yeah, probably. And old cars, people are rebuilding these radiators because we did not want to put a plastic tanked no. aluminum radiator in this car. Absolutely not. And a aesthetically,
1: they're not nice, and B, they don't hold to the pressure that these cars demand.
0: And the reproduction all brass radiator was like two hundred dollars more. Yeah, it well, was a thousand dollars. Yeah, so I coated it with some paint. It
1: looked fine. Right. We put it in there. It, it just bothers me that this this the only company around that does this. They don't get a cheap price to do what they do.
0: They did a nice job with the neck. The neck look looks perfect. It but looks they, factory.
1: They just paint them with like black Krylon. <laughs> I just don't like it. No. So the
0: original reason why we had to fix it in the first place was my dad went to check the coolant because the car was sitting for so long, he opened the radiator cap and the tabs that hold the radiator cap literally just broke off off because they were just rotted. So then we're like, all right, we'll just take it off. And they said they could weld on or braise on, whatever they do to it. It's brass. It's braise it. Uh, A new neck. Uh, So we're like, cool. And then we got it out and I'm like, it doesn't look pretty. It looks kind of crusty. So we'll see what they say. And it had to be record. Right. It was done nice. It just... the finish on it is not nice right so i cleaned up the finish and made it better shit pet peeve i have with that particular radio
1: shop it is i've always had that issue with them
0: and then i was at least able to get fitted ac delco hoses
1: so they look factory
0: yes and ac delco belts and ac delco thermostat and gasket did you wind up getting the proper uh, oil filter for it as well um i think we the just AC have a delco one yeah, but it's a newer version of the Delta one. Okay. It's not a vintage one. The one on there is from 1985
1: at the latest.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> probably before. Um but yeah, we got it running, doesn't leak. Starts right up.
1: Mhm. Yeah, no, so that's really nice. And the it, only uh, thing
0: I noticed we got to fix still is the backup lights.
1: Yeah. Didn't have backup. Well,
0: lights. that and the cosmetically these cars have impact absorbers and like these plastic spacers between the bumper and anybody the that's
1: ever owned a 70s to 80s gm car knows about like the urethane filler panels between the lights and the fenders
0: and i remember them like they were fine but then this car sat so long we pulled it out of storage like a couple weeks ago and they were just totally deteriorated yeah. and you'd bump into them by accident because you're in the working in the front of the car it's hard not to hit them yep. and they just shattered and luckily you can get them, but they have to be
1: repainted. Yeah, they're very on. brittle, unfortunately. Especially because the car was stored in your father's garage. It's not a climate-controlled garage. No. So it's affected by humidity and temperature change all the time. Yeah. So it's going to make them brittle pretty quick. Yeah. If they're just sitting, especially.
0: Crazy thing is, though, we put it up on the lift afterwards because he's going to do an oil change on it. I mean, It looks like... It's a museum piece. Yeah. It's
1: really nice underneath.
0: Yeah, it's super nice. I mean, it's been driven, but it's not been yeah, driven. Yeah, hasn't been driven much. No, it's definitely 20,000 miles over 40 years is like It looks like a California car. Yeah.
1: It really looks looks like a very well-cared for California car.
0: Yeah. Uh and yeah, it looks like a California car where the interior is not roached. Mhm. Like the interior is perfect. So it's pretty cool. Um I moved it out of the garage and the brakes work better with the fresh fluid. So ready to go and then um what else did we do oh we're getting you ready for your trip
1: yep we did a uh a thing to my jetta that probably should have taken five minutes it took yes. us like two hours yes so confessions first okay i paid for my first oil change ever all right i've always just done my own oil changes but I figure where this is a fairly new car and Volkswagen has the extended warranty on it, I want to have record of my oil changes. So I went to the local dealer to have my oil changed. Fair enough. Yeah. It's a little pricey. Um, but I guess that's the nature of oil changes nowadays. They are expensive. Plus it's a diesel. I don't know how much oil it took. Probably a lot. It probably took like eight quarts. Yeah. Probably not quite. It's only four-cylinder though. It couldn't be that much. Maybe. Who knows? But probably seven, six yeah, or seven. It's a good amount of oil, I'm sure. Synthetic, and synthetic. Um, so it was like eighty bucks from oil change, which seemed like a lot of money. But then I got the car back, and they washed it inside and out. Like they they took all the floor mats out, vacuumed the floors, wiped down the dash. Plus, they washed the outside of the car. Yeah. So I mean, that alone is probably a thirty dollar value. And
0: then when you already keep a car nice and clean, when yeah. somebody does that, the car is like brand new. Looks brand new. Yeah. Because
1: yeah. <laughs> the car wasn't like disgusting it was just you know it had dirt around the floor mats and stuff yeah so it it came out real nice and, and i'm not i'm not upset having paid 80 and getting and getting the oil change plus the satisfaction of knowing that my warranty now knows i got an oil change and they clean my car and uh inside secret so if you do have to take
0: your car to a dealership and you keep it really nice mm-hmm you the people working there usually i know i would be more inclined to be much more careful with a nicely
1: cared for car 100%. than a car that is completely filled with garbage and trash yeah yep. and i gave the car to them and it was there was nothing out of place in the interior there wasn't like even an empty coffee cup in the cup holder like, like it was empty so stephanie
0: has all her oranges done because that car is brand new it's brand new and it's under warranty but before she takes it to the dealership i make sure it's all nice and clean and right. the tires are shined up Yep. because it's like also says like we're paying attention to the car, too, so be right. careful with it. Um, and then she had a funny story. She said that the guy, like, walked her out to the car and was like, oh, we can just, like, hit your red panic button. And she's like, no, I can see the car right there. Yeah. He's like, because they all look the same. He's like, well, mine's right there. He's like, oh, you have those wheels,
1: those Man. different wheels. Shows up pretty good. Yeah. Well it's funny, being my first experience in a in a modern dealership at all, I was like I parked in the parking lot and I walked in and he's like, Where's the car? And I was like it's in the parking lot and he's like, Oh, drive it in here. Yeah, you drive up. Okay. So you drive up to the drive up like service door and the door is on like I don't know what kind of door motors they have, but that thing goes up so fast. And you drive in and they take the car away and Well the place
0: back. you the Volkswagen dealer you bought it from is at the same new um it's the same new um Volkswagen architecture, spec. yeah. So, yeah. Had that same door. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. So, you paid for the oil change. What else do we have to do to it? Because
1: you need to carry a bunch of luggage. Um, two things. So, I got a roof basket, and I bought a basket that goes in the receiver hitch in the rear. Um, you would think that the receiver hitch in the rear was simple. Because it's literally just a basket that slides into the receiver hitch. I mean, that shouldn't be too challenging, right? It should be just pull the pin, slide it in, put the pin back in, call it a day. Um, So I did a bunch of research because that's what I do. And I bought a receiver hitch basket for an ATV for two reasons. A rating slave? No. I I like to make sure it's a good product before I spend money on it. Especially when I'm buying it, I wind up buying it from like Harbor Freight. Like, make Mm. sure the reviews are good because there's some garbage sold there. But anyway, so I bought the ATV um, basket for two reasons. One, because it had the inch and a quarter receiver, the class one receiver. Yeah. And two, because when it comes out of the receiver hitch, it's like a 45 degree bend in the bracket that goes up. Yeah. So it actually lifts the thing off the ground a little bit because Mm -hmm. the ones that come straight out, when they hang off the back of the car, they're like, they scrape on everything. Mm -hmm. So this has a nice, like, kick up to it. Like, probably a good. I don't know what, three inches up, probably three or four inches so up?
0: Also easier to like put stuff onto it because it's not when it's on the ground.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I get the thing home and I take it out of the box and everything shows that it should have the inch and a quarter adapter on it. Right. And it doesn't. It's got a class three hitch on it, which is a two inch, which my car doesn't have. It's like class two and class three is two inch. Yeah, whatever numbers there, whatever however it works. But whatever, it's got that kind of class hitch on it. So, obviously, you can't put the two-inch peg in the inch-and-a-quarter hole. Yeah. It's just not going to work.
0: So, like, we're in your driveway. Your dad's there. And we're like, uh, we're going to have to go back to the store and get a different one. Right. And I was like, wait a minute. I wonder if an adapter exists to go from class one to class two. And
1: both of you were like, no, that's crazy because why would you do that? Why would, why would you make that? Yeah, because you could just hook like, up. I mean, I could see why I would do it to put this yeah. receiver, like, basket on the back of the car. The liability associated with making this product, yeah, because super high because
0: you hook up to like a car trailer with this hitch, now. right?
1: So now you have a class one hitch in the back of your car, and you have a class three receiver, like adapter that goes onto it. And who's to say what people are going to do with that? Because people are stupid, yeah. And if you do that and you drive off in your car with a, you know, two thousand pound tow rating, and you're pulling a three car hauler, like <laughs> what's going to happen here? That's yeah, weird. So this is a thing. So it's like this. It exists. It's, yeah. it's just.
0: An adapter that goes into the one and a quarter inch. Yep. And it flares out to two inches. Yeah, it's literally like just two square tubes welded together. That's what's infuriating about it, that like this luggage rack thing just didn't come with an adapter.
1: Right, because you think that most cars that you're putting this on are either going to be a two inch or one and a quarter inch. Yeah. I spent a lot of time afterwards looking on the internet for like cargo carriers with the inch and a quarter adapter on them. And they're almost non-existent. Yeah. Most of them have the two-inch. It's weird. So.
0: But there's a lot of bike carriers that are two-inch, and then you want to put them on a
1: one-inch. Because some, some cars will, can only get a one-and-a-quarter-inch one. So most of the bike carriers, believe it or not, are inch-and-a-quarter. Yeah. But most cars have the two-inch one on them. So they usually come with a sleeve Yeah. that goes inside the two-inch to make it an inch-and-a-quarter one. Because so you, yeah. you can backwards go that way with it, but obviously you can't make it bigger. Yeah, you can make it smaller by putting a sleeve inside yeah. of it, but you can't make it bigger.
0: Welcome to trailer talk on hey, off whatever. Topic. It's auto off topic. This is our <laughs> off topic tonight.
1: So I mean, I've never towed a trailer with the with the Jetta. It doesn't have the U.S. That we talked, uh, talked about this before. That the U.S. tow capacity is Maybe. like severely underrated to the European tow capacity for the mm-hmm. same car. Yeah, which I'm sure is just a liability thing. Um, like it's like a four thousand pound tow capacity in Europe and a Two thousand pound tow capacity here, or something drastic like that for the same car. Okay, so but, but that's why it's a class one hitch on it.
0: I mean, it worked out though because it spaces it out enough that you can
1: open, open the hitch, the, hatch, hatch, the ha- open yeah. the hatch, open the hatch with the ba- basket on top, with I the basket, one of those and the giant Tupperware on it. Yeah, I bought one. I was black with yellow lid, like Home Depot bins for it because they a yeah. they're heavy duty, b they have holes in the corners of them for locking them, and they have enough like, slots around them to run, like, a wire cable yeah. through to attach it to the car so the it won't get stolen. The only
0: yeah. thing you need to modify now is to add some reflective tape. Like to the red, back of it, yeah. Red reflective It sticks tape. off, like, I don't know, what, three feet off the back of the car, yeah. probably told him. Yeah. But when you pulled out of the my dad's garage, because we did it in there because it was easier. Yep. Oh, that's the other thing. So we went to put this thing in. Oh, the, the adapter. Hitch, yeah, 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 yeah. The adapter into the hitch, and where the receiver tube for the hitch... So so it was like a factory so dimple. the factory
1: had drilled partway through where the tube goes. Yeah. And they folded it in. So it was like a stop in the back of the hitch. But it made it so that this new receiver couldn't go in far enough to line the pinhole up. We thought it was bottoming out at first. We We're like, what yeah. the hell? We held up next to it, and it wasn't. No. It was just, why, I want to go in all the way. So we found that little tab inside there. So Andrew was down on the ground with a chisel and a hammer, and he was trying to <laughs> knock the thing through. And uh, we couldn't get it gone far enough because it was just bending in further, but it was still blocking the pat- path of the hitch. Yeah. So we literally took this new adapter and put it in the clamps, the jaw horse, mm-hmm. um, and just ground the Use corner. Use my Ryobi right angle y- y- grinder. Y- y- your new angle grinder, and just ground the corner off of it until there was enough left, enough taken off of it that we could slide it on, so... Like I said, this should be five minutes to slap this thing together. Yeah, it, was like, it was like two hours. It's not even a bolt-on. You slide it in and put a pin in it. That's all you have to do. Yeah. It's a pin-on. And it was like a two-hour process, not including having to go get the new However, adapter.
0: the actual cargo basket bolts together very easily. Yeah, it seems nice to be well-built. Yeah. had nice welds on it, nice yeah. finish.
1: It was only 50 bucks.
0: Yeah. It was cheap. It's like the Loadmaster 300. Something so it's like that. like a 300-pound capacity. 300-pound yeah,
1: capacity. So... But the, that I looked at my hitch rating is a 200-pound um, tongue weight. So I can only put 200 pounds inside there because that's pretty much all tongue weight. Okay. So, But I'm not going to put more than probably 100 pounds in that container. Yeah, so. it's
0: just to free up space in the
1: interior. Yep. And then you'll use it again for camping and stuff. Oh, absolutely. It's perfect for camping. Keep All your camping gear in it, back up to wherever you keep your camping gear, take it off, and leave it there. Yeah, And you so go camping strange. again, and it's right there. So I'll definitely use it for that. Then I gave you a roof basket. You might use that. Planning on it. All right. That's another annoying story because my car has the front to back roof rails. Right. So it takes the, um, and I have Thule crossbars. So I was like, oh, I should just get the uprights for the Thule crossbars, the square crossbars that fit these roof rails. So it's a Thule 450. Right. Very simple. You look it up, it's a 450. I found this guy on Craigslist Marketplace that was selling them. Facebook Marketplace. That's so, why I say Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Facebook Marketplace that was selling them for $75 for a set of four. So they're $199 new. Mm-hmm. So I was like, perfect. I'll buy these for 75 bucks. Drove like a half hour out of my way to see them. And I get there and they're not even close to what I'm supposed to have. Yeah. And I was like, these are not 450s. And he's like, oh, maybe they're 450 R's. I was like, no, they're not 450Rs either because the 450R is the same as the 450, but for an arrow bar instead of a square bar. Oh. I was like, these look like they came off of a Corolla. He's like, yeah, they came off of a Corolla. I was like, (laughs) okay, well, these aren't what I need. These are not what you advertised. Well, I don't know what number they are then. I was like, okay, so go on Thule's website, put in the kind of car they came off of, and see what fits. (laughs) And that's what these are. (laughs) So I was super annoyed because now I'm an hour out of my way. To find these stupid adapters that just don't fit oh. my car. So now it's too late to order them online. So I have to find a store that su- sells these things. And the only store that sells these things is in Framingham. A place called Rack Attack. Yep.
0: yep. I don't have time to drive to Framingham this weekend. Yeah, I was going to end up telling you that too, yeah. They're like um, the only big Thule dealer around here anymore. Yeah, and there's the Bicycle,
1: bicycle Store in Nashua does too. Yeah,
0: because the rest,
1: there used to be ski shops that did it, and yep. they closed up. Right. So, I was looking online in desperation Thursday night, and I found an aftermarket brand called, like, Rack Up or Roof Rack Up or something like that. China Rack Roof. China Rack Roof, yeah. Put stuff on car parts. Yeah. Um. That sells a kit that is a universal for to go clamp around the um, factory rails. Yep. And it comes four uprights and two crossbars. Yep. For like sixty-five dollars. Mhm. So I just ordered them. Cool. They're Amazon Prime. I should have them in time. Fingers crossed. If not, I guess I will be running to Framingham. <laughs> um. So I'll give an update on the quality of those things when they arrive. Because mm. for sixty-five bucks for all four. With crossbars, it's pretty cheap. I mean, they also come with locks. Because Tuli ones don't come with locks, and the lock's at 60 bucks, Which is also annoying. So, I'll either get the $65 ones and they'll work, or they'll be garbage, and I'll be spending $200 plus the $60. dollars you know, $260. Which doesn't even include crossbars. I happen to have crossbars. Yep. If you need to buy crossbars, you're talking about $370 and stuff. So, it's this stuff's not cheap. Nope. That's why, uh,
0: well, it's best to like search, well, it used to be, you search Craigslist for used Thule right. stuff. Because that's the thing. Thule stuff is annoying to store. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when it doesn't
1: fit. People just sell it. People just sell it and yeah, they sell it cheap. I've always bought used stuff. Exactly. Everything. The only the only new, new. The only new fit kit I ever bought was I have a Starian fit kit. Yeah. Because they're super rare. Um, and I've always had a Styrian lying around, yeah. but I've never actually used the Fit Kit, but I have it if I ever do. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I've got like two or three sets of bars that I've acquired over the years. Yep. I have two sets of bars. I there. have the ones for the, 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 uh, that's the other one thing. So the ones for the Galant are super rare too. So the towers mm-hmm. fit either the Galant and I don't have the Mitsubishi versions of them, but wasn't the harder part to get for the Galant, the actual roof moldings for with Yes. Yeah. I have a set of those. They're on the car right now, and I have the regular moldings put away, but the actual towers fit both that and like a single model of Land Rover. So random, yeah. Um, and then so we we talked about Facebook Marketplace. I had my rotas up there. Uh, I ended up selling those, so it did work out
1: nice. And I said tires you sold too, right?
0: Yeah, I put up tires this morning, and they sold this afternoon. So. Maybe I'm pricing stuff too cheap, but the things were At least in it's the weaving. Yeah, the stuff was in the way, and now it's not in the way. Well, I mean, you sold a set of four
1: decent condition Michelin's for forty dollars. They were
0: very old Michelin. Still, probably too cheap. And I put that in the ad that they were. V- I felt bad because they are so old. They're like from like twenty ten. Mm, somebody needs them. Hey, whatever. Uh, um, but I was literally gonna throw them away, like. Dump them at my old work. Right. In their tire pile just so they get recycled. And then I was like, "Uh, let me throw them up in Marketplace, see what happens. And
1: made a couple bucks off. 40 bucks is better than getting in trouble for bringing old tires to your old place of work. I wouldn't get in trouble for that. I'm just saying. But, um, yeah.
0: And then the funny thing was like the dude that showed up, this is where Facebook Marketplace gets kind of creepy. He like saw mutual friends. Right. And he like knows listener Chris Cavalieri, which is funny. And then we got talking a little bit. He's also like a Mark Wahlberg body double for the movies, right? So weird. Because <laughs> like he pulled in my driveway, I was like, he looks kind of familiar, but I can't
1: place it. And then we're talking a little bit. Like, and he said, what "Show he, me your sh- show me like your naked backside walking away." Oh yeah, you were Mark Wahlberg in <laughs> no, no his face. <laughs> no, I know. Like.
0: And then, like, yeah, he, like, says it to me, and I'm looking at him like, yeah, I see it, man. Like, it was just, like, weird. And then I showed it to Stephanie. She was yeah. It's
1: like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of bizarre.
0: <laughs> but, hey, whatever whatever uh, pays your bills. It's pretty cool, though. Yeah. And he was right, super whatever. nice, so.
1: If I could make money acting, I would, too. That's for sure.
0: He's going to put some rota- Sub-Zeros on his uh, Civic SI. I forgot to ask what year it is, but it's it's probably, like, a not the current one, but the kind of middle-ish one, like I bet. Like
1: 14, 15? Probably.
0: So those look good on that car because they actually don't make the royal gunmetal wheels anymore with the polished lip. So
1: that'll be cool. When quote unquote fake wheels become vintage, they become cool again. I know, right? I mean, those wheels are like 20 years old almost. They're from 2016. No, I'm sorry. 16 years old. Yeah, 2003. 2003? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, close to 20 years old. Yeah, I bought them brand new. Long time.
0: They never saw winter. They're in really good shape. So they're not corroded at all. But
1: um, and again, those are too cheap too, because he sold them for two hundred dollars with tires. Again, tires are old, but two hundred dollars with tires.
0: I I was tired of them.
1: I was sick of moving them around,
0: and now they're gone. So I'm happy. Right. And I don't miss them. They no longer brought me joy. They just brought you annoyingness. That's right. So did you ever? Um, we'll uh, change gears here. Um, don't ever do that again. You ever think about license plates other than how much registration costs?
1: I mean, I think about how many different letters and number combinations there must be. I often think about what cool um, vanity plates there could be, but then I realize I don't want a vanity plate.
0: Yeah, because they're expensive in the state.
1: Yeah, plus it's kind of like, yeah, I don't need that. I
0: don't know. I had a cool one. Latrell? Lateral G? Latrell G? Lateral G. What's
1: up, Latrell? Lateral G? Yeah, but everybody calls you Latrell when you had that plate. No. L-A-T-R-L
0: uh, Stephanie was driving the car one time we got Latina Girl
1: Okay, I got that Even uh, though like G'd at the end Yeah Because it was L-A-T-R-L-G Lateral most G Most
0: people would get it that were car people
1: Yeah, most, you, most people aren't car people Because it was on
0: an STI and then my Evo So it said yeah. lateral
1: G um, No, it was a good plate But people just suck It's basically what it comes down I to I believe you came up with the plate I probably did, but I don't want to admit that anymore. After we started calling it Latrell. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so um,
0: way back, New York was the first state to require registration numbers in 1901. Um, so they had to be black paint on a white background. Very simple. Uh, so as a car owner, you had to register with the state, and they would issue a number and then you also had to put your initials with them.
1: Oh, okay. So you'd, your plate would be like
0: 4-2-AP. Yeah, I'd get like one 2 three ap I like it. Um, and these had to be like three inches tall, and they put anywhere in the back of the car. And they could either be painted, people would make a piece of wood, they'd use house numbers, whatever you
1: wanted. I should go back to that.
0: <laughs> Just like a random... Just whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to put on
1: it. As long as like a certain like, height and mm-hmm. height. Like, boldness. Yeah. Just do whatever you want. As long as the so, number lines
0: up. And then, uh, of course, because the number of cars increased, the initial system started to fail. Yeah, because there are a lot
1: of 2 3 APs all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, a lot of people have the same initials. Yeah. Uh, so then in 1903, they started issuing numbers without using the person's initials, but you still had to make your own plate it number. It last
1: long, only two years. Though. Yeah,
0: until 1910. And then... Still, early plates were made of, like, leather, wood, whatever you wanted. And then the cool thing... Do
1: you have a plate that says Leather Daddy?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Our great state of Massachusetts here... Yep. ...started issuing porcelain plates in 1903. It's the first state to actually issue plates.
1: Okay, so New York made you make your own plate, but they they
0: told you what to put on it. New York started by issuing registration numbers. Right, which you had to
1: put display however you felt like. On the car. Yep.
0: Because in the beginning, it was sort of like a Wild West. All these people were buying cars. There was no way to track them Mm -hmm. or keep track of, like, what little traffic laws they had. I'll say, why did they even need to
1: track them at the time?
0: But that's the other thing. So, speed limits were even, like, like we complain about the 25 mile an hour citywide speed limit right now. Right. The speed
1: limits were, like, 15. Because the car wouldn't do 15, so it didn't matter. Yeah. Uh, and like it's your four horsepower Renault, and get up to fifteen miles an hour, you
0: are moving. And it was like you, like, had to compete with all the
1: horses on the road. Mm-hmm. So, and when somebody crossed in front of you, you pulled a lever that put your wooden brake pad against your exactly. wooden tire. So it wasn't exactly that you should be going any faster than that.
0: Um. So in nineteen oh three, Massachusetts came out with porcelain plates, and this was after the creation of the automobile department, okay, of Massachusetts. Uh, and the revenue of this, the registrations, would be used to pay for road improvements. Ah. They've been saying that for a long time. Yeah, huh? I wonder how bad the potholes were at Mass. I know, then. right? Do you know what the original fee for registration was? I do, only because you put it in the show notes. It was $2. Yeah. Which wasn't cheap. No. It's not. That was very expensive. Yeah. And then by New Year's Eve 1903, the state had raised over $17,000 in registrations. It's pretty impressive.
1: That's what they get now on sales tax on one car sometimes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) They had 3,200 cars registered and 502 motorcycles.
1: That's pretty neat, actually. That's Um, actually a pretty close number, too, of motorcycles to cars. Yeah. Like, there were a lot less less disparity than there is now. Like, now there's millions of cars and probably millions of motorcycles, too. So the bigger gap.
0: The plates were like a dark cobalt with it's white letters. lettering. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I've seen some of those early plates. They're really neat. Most of them have cracked over time because they're porcelain Yeah, and they didn't really hold up to the rigors of the automobile, but you got a new plate every year, so it didn't matter that
0: much. Yes. So also super expensive to maintain this system mm-hmm. of issuing plates every year. and That's why they stopped doing it. So they did it at least through the thirties, right? All the way up through the sixties. Was it that late? Well, yeah, you can get year of manufacture plates.
1: Yeah. Right, but you can get your manufacturer plates for after that too. You just have to get the style of plate that came. But out the on that plate, car. I didn't realize that they went until the '60s.
0: Yeah, the plates that are stamped with the uh, yeah, well, I knew
1: that. I just didn't realize they went that late. I can't in my brain. I can't see one that says '63' on it. But I mean, if you're saying they exist, I think they were maroon and white by then, right? Yeah, it's a maroon. Oh, plate.
0: I could be wrong. Not '60s. It might be into the '50s, but either way, and certain, until they developed sticker technology, you'd have to get a new plate. Every year, because mm-hmm. it was like stamped into it. Getting a little ahead, but so the very first plate. This is an interesting fact. So plate number one in, in Mass, Massachusetts talking, yeah. was issued on September first, nineteen o three, to Frederick uh, Tudor of Brookline, Mass. Uh, and the plate is still actively registered by his family. So still, they still have number one.
1: Have plate number one. So somewhere around there's a two thousand. Eighteen, say, car with a number one porcelain plate on it.
0: Probably not the <laughs> porcelain plate, but it's it's probably a Spirit of America yeah, plate, which yeah, sure number style one plate. Yeah, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's really neat. Yeah,
1: I like to have plate number one.
0: And the early plate said Mass Automobile Register. I don't think I've actually seen one in person. I've
1: probably seen one. You probably have and didn't notice. Yeah, I
0: I'm sure they have them at we've been, at to the an,
1: we've been to enough car shows in our life. Well, old cars. I'm
0: sure they have them at Lars Anderson yeah. on the wall or something. Yeah, probably. Um, and the crazy thing too so the size of the plate was not standard yet Uh, so like license plates could be any size Mm -hmm. and the plates just got wider as numbers increased as more
1: cars showed up on the roads so if there was like imagine they kept the system going they didn't add letters like we'd have license plates the entire width of the back of the car nowadays yeah so at some point (laughs) what's your plate
0: number oh it's longer than my VIN number I don't remember yeah somebody (laughs) was like "Uh, that's not gonna work so uh, before we got there though the state of Virginia. So that's the other thing. In the Mass in Massachusetts in the United States, vehicle registrations are state issued, whereas yep. other countries they are country country issued.
1: But they're also reciprocal from state to state here, so you can yes. drive with your Mass plate in any adjacent yes. state as a courtesy. Yes. Yep. Uh, Vir- but you have to follow their laws. Yeah. So if your car is illegally modified via New Hampshire's rules and you are driving with your mass plates, they can technically pull you over and ticket you. Yeah, which is It's unlikely. Doesn't normally happen, but I'm just saying it does. Actually the big the big example of that would be the H2O show in Maryland every year. Right. People show up there with out-of-state modified cars and they all get towed and impounded because the police are very strict about it because of people behaving badly obviously, right. but that's why they're strict about it.
0: So in Virginia, uh, they started stamping plates in 1906 out of steel and then by the late 1910s pretty much all license plates became metal uh, and then again in Massachusetts 1920 they started stamping plates yearly at the Charlestown prison right so of course you got to figure uh, you need all these plates all the time because plates were re- reissued every, every year. year yeah. Where's cheap labor? You just make prisoners prison. To it. Yep. So that's why that's where that comes from where I don't know if you ever heard it, like people talk about like making plates in prison. Mm-hmm. Oh, of or course. it's a common movie track. Actually, yeah, actually fun it's in cruising USA. So when the video you video game? Yes. When you set your time and you put your initials into the game, it like stamps the license plate. The machine stamps it, and then it like goes up on the screen.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read about that. There's yeah. No, no prison reference, though. That's what you're going with.
0: Yeah. I mean, I thought of it because I knew that's where they were made, but I don't know. That's kind of what made me think of it. But, Man, that's a throwback video game right there. It's yeah. It's the 90s. Yeah. Uh, but what's really important is 1956, and this is when automobile manufacturers and government agencies uh, of the United States, and Canada, and Mexico got together they're like we need to do something about all these crazy license plate sizes and that's when they mandated the size that we have now which is six by 12 inches so six inches high by 12 inches wide and then all the bolt holes are standardized so that every car that's sold in north america so canada united states mexico And I think it's pretty much extended to South America, too.
1: They all bolt on. So it's standardized, so all of them have to follow the same rules. The size of the plate. What confuses me is the state of Delaware. I couldn't find anything about that. So if you're an East Coast resident or spend any time on the East Coast, you'll no doubt have seen the Delaware all-black tag with white letters. And it's undersized. Oh,
0: you know what happened when I went to research it? I thought it was Maryland.
1: No, it's Delaware.
0: Maryland and Delaware, they're like next to each other. Got them and they're both very
1: small and kind of unimportant.
0: Yeah. I don't um, think we have any listeners from
1: either of them, so we can call them that.
0: So, yeah, I didn't figure that out because I looked up the wrong state. I don't know why it's weird. And it's like a motorcycle-sized plate Yeah, it's on cars.
1: So, I'm on Delaware's... Um, Delaware Historic Plate Company. Welcome to the new home. Authorized manufacturer of Delaware black and white porcelain and stainless steel license plates. Known locally as Delaware Black Tags. Your source for black and white Delaware plates since 91.
0: Maybe they allow you to run these plates. Yeah. So that's the thing. Every state has different rules about
1: plates. We are authorized to produce a historic reproduction stainless steel license plate. This marks the first time in fifty years Delaware residents can obtain a stainless steel tag for legal registration. Our license plates are manufactured by Delawareans for Delawareans. But they're a weird size. So you must have to apply for it and Yeah, they're a weird size because they are like
0: what would go on old cars They're historic, like, yeah. Yeah. So they're not standardized, which is it's super weird that they have that. Like that would never fly here in Massachusetts. No. But
1: that's the way. I don't know. It's weird. So you can go to the DMV and tell them you want to have one of their plates, huh. and then you have to go through them, and you have to buy and sell your tag numbers. Interesting. So if your number is like three, two, four, five, six, then you can sell that for a lot of money on their trading forums. Yeah. If I have like plate number twelve,
0: like a low number plate. Yeah. So that's the other fun thing about Massachusetts. They have We have low and reserve number plates. And right. for a long time, it was really hard to get these plates. You had to know people at the registry. So then in the early 90s, they started doing a lottery because people were complaining that it was unfair to get these plates. Because there's also a sort of legend that if you have a low number plate, you are less likely to be hassled by police. Because you knew
1: somebody. Because you knew somebody. Or You're had money. Or had money. So in Delaware, I'm looking on their forums right now. Yeah. This is the Delaware DMV forums, which, or actually, no, it's the historic plate registry forums. Right. So this guy's selling a plate, 12145. Black and white tag, 12145. Registration active through February 2020. Mm-hmm. Asking $1,500 for the plate. Whoa. Yeah. So I know that that's a thing in Europe are right, in England specifically right. you can buy and sell number of tags. Um but I didn't know it was a thing anywhere here, but that's apparently what's going on here. Interesting. So you can buy one, two, one four five for fifteen hundred dollars. Weird. And they're illegal to be reused. It's legal to be used, yep. Hmm. It's bizarre.
0: It is bizarre. So the after that, basically, other than this weird Delaware thing, all plates have become the standard size. And just different variations of them. And there's like a whole American, not American, there's a whole Automobile License Plate Collectors Association. Probably. And they just catalog and collect license plates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's big business. And vote on new designs. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing of, like, pop culture, I guess.
1: I know also what's happening right now is there's a lot of license plate reproduction companies. Right. Especially where... Um, A lot of states now have adopted what Mass does with the year of manufacturer. So if you have an antique car, you can run under the same rules as an antique plate with a license plate that would have come on that car. Right. Um, So companies are making, like in Mass, we have our plates are white with red letters and blue Massachusetts, and you're required to run two of them. Yeah. But the plate before that was white with green letters, and you only had one plate. So right. people are finding these like beat up green plates and having them remanufactured by this company that makes brand new ones. Right. So you can run them.
0: So the green plates currently are legal in mass. Mm. Yep. And the red on white, which is they call it the spirit plate. Yeah, because the bottom of it says the spirit of America. Spirit of America. That actually, that's the thing I learned. I didn't realize that plate dates back to 87. Hmm. That makes sense. Because it doesn't seem like a very it's kind of a timeless plate, I guess it yeah, no, it looks pretty modern,
1: yeah doesn't look like eighty seven so
0: that that's the other thing so in seventy one uh that was when three m invented the reflective material that that coats plates, and then that became required on a lot of plates, and right. a lot of states require that because it makes the plates reflective and easier to see,
1: and especially now in the days of um like cashless tolls, right makes the camera really easy to read them, which is another reason that a lot of states are now going to the two-plate system. Right. So if the back plate isn't legible, the front plate would be, or vice versa. And then
0: some states, but not all states, are doing the digitally printed instead of stamping. Instead of stamped. So they're now plastic plates that are printed.
1: Right. Still reflective, though. Still reflective. The one exception to all this is California, who's now doing digital plates. Are they barcodes? No, it's screen. Literally, it's a digital plate. Like, it's a, it plugs into your car, and it all lights up. Weird. Yeah, it's weird. Well, why? Add complication and cost? That seems so complicated <laughs> That's weird. I don't know why they're doing it. I don't have any insight into that. I can try to look it up while we're sitting here. but. So, the other thing that's interesting, too, is the
0: font on plates. Uh, there's a font called F.E. Schrift. It was developed in Germany during the Cold War. It was to combat falsified vehicle plates. So people trying to get from East to West Germany and like terrorists trying to hide, they would modify license plates to be different numbers and oh, stuff. Like change
1: a three to an eight or whatever. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, so now most plates use this font or derivative of it. And it's just a. You don't notice it. Like, it's hard to notice. It's a monospace letters. So, it says the monospace letters are slightly disproportionate to prevent forgery. Right. And it also improves machine readability.
1: Well, I'm looking at, like, the plates in the wall behind you. Right. And it's true. Like, look at the two. It's got a small hook on the top. And then it yeah. goes, like, a long line down at the bottom. Like, not how you would make it to. But you couldn't change that in anything else. So, it wouldn't work.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Or like the eights have perfectly even circles top and bottom, but the three has a smaller hook on the top and a larger hook on the bottom. So if he turned it into an eight, it'd be obvious. It would be obvious.
0: There's like a, there's like a happy days. I remember where like Fonzie like painted the letters on the plate for some reason.
1: That's a real deep cut right there. Yeah. (laughs) I remember a friend of ours growing up had a 30th anniversary Camaro. Yeah. And uh, he had a vanity plate. But the 30th anniversary Camaro, if you remember, was white with orange stripes. And he painted all of the, so it was a mass plate, so it was white with red letters. And he painted over all the letters with orange paint to match his stripes. Ooh. Yeah, it didn't last very long until you got pulled over on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, we were dumb kids, obviously, at the time. But, yeah. I mean, it looked cool for a minute. Yeah. We're like, I think that's illegal. And he's like, nah, man, nobody will notice. Yeah, they definitely noticed.
0: And then there's also rules about intermixing certain letters and numbers together.
1: Mass is very specific about it. Yes. They don't allow any mixing. Well, Except on the new, pla- new the plates. The new
0: plates. But they're mixed in a way that uh, it's like computer generated in a way that it makes it still readable mm-hmm. and not easily confused with a different plate. Right, so you couldn't do like one
1: eye, one eye, one eye, one eye to make no. it visually confusing.
0: Exactly. And there's never, like,
1: I don't think there's ever O's intermixed with zeros. Well, in mass, the plates for a very long time were, it was a standard mass plate. It was all numbers and then all letters. It was never going to be numbers, letters, numbers, letters. It was never a combination. Yeah. Um, And it was always numbers first. Right. Unless you had a vanity plate, a vanity plate had to start with a letter. Uh-huh. The exception to that in the past was always the reserve plates, which is a whole other story for a whole other day, where they started with a number or a letter, Mm -hmm. but they still wouldn't intermix. Nope. Very recently, the plates now have one number, two letters, three numbers in mass.
0: And actually, even before that, like, I've got a set of plates that are two numbers, two letters, two numbers.
1: Right. That was for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that.
0: And it's really just has to do with the amount of cars being registered yeah they have
1: more combinations available
0: because unlike in a state like California where the plates stay with the car, yep in mass, you can either transfer them or you get new plates right, and then they your old plate and also we only use a
1: maximum of six digits here
0: and yeah, and your old plate just goes away, it just gets purged from the system if it doesn't get renewed or right.
1: transferred, yeah, I mean eventually they' probably go back to the original ones, but Maybe. Who knows when.
0: I guess they could see what's an active number,
1: but then... Well, with the year of manufacturer plates working right now, it's probably a little harder with that. But yeah, I don't know for a so factory that works. But well, again, like I said, we also only have, in mass, a maximum of six digits. Right. Like, nothing beyond that. Even a vanity plate, you can only have six, which is why your littrell Latrell G, lateral G. Yeah, was yeah, Spelled the way it was spelled. L-G-R-L-G. Yeah,
0: you had to figure out... So the very first vanity plates, too, can only be your initials. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: It's probably called Vanity, Pennsylvania, yeah. yeah. Oh,
0: That's yeah, that makes sense. I didn't even think about that. Because that
1: goes back to the beginning of registrations too. there in New York, where you had to have your initials. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. I definitely wouldn't pay extra just to get BD on my plates. No.
0: <laughs> no. It's it's funny, though. such a simple thing. And then I always like to look... When you look at like... Uh,
1: Although I remember your high school plate because it had S.A. on it, Yeah. which I made into your initials at the time because then it said stupid Andrew. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm sure you remember that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, and our friend Keith at W.H., which we always
0: said was white heat. <laughs> yeah. And then the... I always look, like looking at imported cars and you kind of see where the different outlines of the different plates... Used to be. Yeah, because of the different sizes. Yeah.
1: I don't think they're standardized in other countries like they are here. They are are they?
0: Yeah, especially through the EU, they're standardized now. Okay. So, it's like a long plate and
1: it's a long plate in the front though. Not always in the back.
0: Not always. But a lot of times it is.
1: <laughs> not always means not standardized.
0: Well, majority of the time it is, um because it has like it'll have the country code, the registration
1: and then something else. Well, and I know in England, like the first digit of the plate is a year of manufacture. Not a country code. That's how people can look at every car and know exactly what year it is. Well, not
0: a country code. Like it's literally a country code. Like is the separate corner of it. So like it'll have a British flag. It'll say UK, and then like when I was in Portugal, would have the Portugal flag, and it said POR, and then like SPA. SPN for Spain. Like, you could see yep. what cars came from where when they're parked in the street. Like, oh, that's a Spanish car. That's a blah, blah, blah. Because you'd see a UK car, and you know it would be on continental Europe, and the steering wheel's on the wrong side
1: for continent. So, backing up a little bit to California's digital plates. Yeah. Um, motorists who choose to buy the plate can register their vehicle electronically and eliminate the need to physically stick the tags in their plates each year. Okay. They also may be able to display... Personal messages if the DMV allows it. Okay. If the car is stolen, the plate's manufacturer says the plate can tell the owner and police exactly where the car is unless the plate has been detached. <laughs> um, California has been quietly prepping its rollout this year. The first day it tried new plates. Do you know what having a digital plate in California will cost you? I bet it's 1000 bucks. It's $700 for the plate. Okay. And then it's a $7 monthly feed around the plate this seems like
0: every tesla owner in california is gonna do this
1: yeah probably there's a picture of the plate right there it's literally just a computer screen that just shows your plate all the time it's like yeah. a, it's, it's like screwing a tablet to the trunk of your car
0: yeah it's like a uh, a kindle that just shows your license plate yeah
1: pretty much nothing else weird 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 it doesn't make much sense what's your favorite license plate my favorite license plate? Yeah. I'm a big fan of where I'm moving to is antique plates. Yeah. Because of like a polished brass look or a polished copper look with red letters.
0: I currently like the New Mexico ones. They're like teal and like yellow. Yeah, they're kind
1: of neat looking. I love the California, like 80s California sunrise plate or sunset plate. Yeah. You know
0: yeah, that's a good one.
1: My least favorite is the Massachusetts Choose Life license plate. Yeah. Stupid politics and religion getting into plates that shouldn't be. Messages has a ton of ridiculous plates. special plates because it's really simple. You just need, it's like 3,000 people to say they'll get it. Yeah. And it has to go to a nonprofit charity. Yeah. And you can put whatever you want in the plate. So if I was like, hey, 3,000 people, I want Brad DeSantis plates, and I want my face on it, and I'll give the extra money to, you know, Children's cancer research. All right, so that's
0: what we need. We need the uh, auto off topic license. Yeah, day. we'll register as a nonprofit <laughs> and then we'll get three thousand people to sign the petition.
1: There's the hard part, getting three thousand people. <laughs> it's not signing a petition, it's three thousand people saying they'll buy the plate. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's not simple. I know there's like a shark one. Yep, there's the right whale one. There's the like... Cape and the Islands one. There's like a... There's the protect and serve one. There's, there's, a, there's the fire department one. There's a farmer's market one. There's a farmer's one. There's a Bruins one, a Red Sox one, a Celtics one, a Patriots, Patriots one. Patriots one's got the, the championships on them. Yep. It's, it's like so douchey. <laughs> yep. Um, What else is there? The Cape and the Islands one, the Cape Ann one. Um, There's just a bunch of them. Yeah, there's so many. I, that's S- not even so, so That's many. not even scratching the surface of how they have to choose. Life one, the I, I can't even think of it more with the time, but I know there's more. Oh, there's well, the, the the kids' uh, education one yeah. with the stick figures on it.
0: Talk about uh, like New Hampshire had to change all of theirs because they used to have Old Man of the Mountain on their plate. Yeah, and then the damn thing fell off the mountain. So it's not there anymore So they just have like A moose And they're kind of like Green Oh was a breast cancer one I feel like I liked The old New Hampshire plates
1: But I don't remember What they looked like I only remember The new ones But yeah They're all over the place Oh it's the mass Animal coalition one So the one with the dog And the cat Sitting next to each other By yep. the sunset Yep God, There's so many of these things There's tons of them They're expensive Yeah Oh the United We Stand one I like that one the USA one. Yeah, in the back it had kind of like a faded version of the flag flowing behind the plate. Yeah, that one's cool. Yeah, I like that one.
0: That's probably the like the oh, best one. Oh, there's the Olympic one
1: with the rings? Yeah. What we don't see around here is the Blackstone Valley one. It's a Western Mass thing. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of them. I'm looking at the pictures of them right now. and There's there's no shark. We said shark. There's no sharks.
0: Oh, I think people are trying. It's a whale.
1: It's a right whale, which is the whale tail. So I think, think people are trying to
0: get the shark one.
1: Well, the Basketball Hall of Fame, because we have the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield is one of those. Right. Anyway. Yep.
0: All right. And I like the reissue of the California black plates. That's pretty cool. It'd be cool if they did like a, Massachusetts did like a reissue of like a vintage plate. Yeah, it would be. Like the white on, white on blue would be cool. I'd get those.
1: Yeah. I like the white on blue. It's very simple. Yeah. It'd be cool if they had like options for colors that match your car. Yeah. Because like the white with red letters looks terrible on like a yellow car.
0: Looks terrible on a, all cars, yeah. almost all cars. Like, yeah, that would be kind of cool. Like, why wouldn't, you know, I mean, what what would be so hard about that? Right. I don't care if it, you know, just make the plate fit all your rules, but just give me a couple of color choices, like, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. Red plate, with white letters. A black plate with yellow letters.
1: Just a couple of simple ones. Yeah, blue just plate. Smash my car. Yeah,
0: just a blue plate with white letters. Like, most people don't care about that, though, just us. Yeah, but I don't know. It would be cool. All right. Anything else?
1: I don't know. I think that's all I got about license plates. Yeah. I mean, we touched on the starter license plates and now the future of digital license plates. Yeah. So. So strange. <laughs> and so, everyth- so strange. everything in between. And the standardized size. But yeah, no, I'm I'm stoked to get those nice polished brass looking vintage plates on all my uh mm-hmm. antique cars out there. And actually Arizona has probably almost as many special plates as mass does. I'm sure they do. There's a lot of them out there. It's an easy way to generate revenue. Yeah. Yeah. And good press for all the different organizations involved.
0: Right. All right. So, uh, Sunday, June 16th, Coffee Factory, Salem, New Hampshire, Cars and Coffee. Hmm. I will be there.
1: Actually, this episode might not come out in time for that. Yes, it will. Okay. Never it mind. Will. All right. Fine. I won't be
0: there. I'm keeping track of it, so I know where it is. However, I think
1: I will be here for the July event, so...
0: Alright, we'll see. So as always follow us on, on Off topic on Facebook, on Off Topic on Instagram. Race the Anger on Instagram is me. Brad, where can invite you? tsiss SS
1: three fifty on Instagram.
0: Turbo Tub four fifty four. No.
1: No. T S I S S three fifty. Okay. okay. Alright, cool. Or three fifty if you if you must. Alright. Anyway, keep cars analog
0: and aim for the roses.